0: Saturday at 6 It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix
1: Backstage with Sinead Nivorda
2: With all the best music, interviews and live sessions Live from the Radio Nova Studios in the Dublin Docklands Hello and a very good evening to you Thanks so much for tuning in I am Sinead Nivorda with you here for the next hour Now looking back at last Thursday, Adam Clayton of U2 presented Soak with the Choice Music Prize Album of the Year 2015 showcasing the wealth of varying talent this country continues to offer. And as you know, next Saturday is St. Patrick's Day. So in this evening's backstage, I'm taking a look at the stamp of which Irish music has made on the world. I'll be talking to Eamon Carve, the Independent, who has travelled the world with his band Horselips, highly acclaimed photographer Ruth Medjber, who has photographed nearly every live act that has come touring through Ireland in the last 12 years. We popping by. She'll be talking about the inspirational women in Irish music today. I'll be shouting to Morty McCarthy of 90s cult Irish indie band Sultans of Ping. You two are in the live room, and I've got the brand new single from PJ Harvey. Backstage on Radio Nova. Okay, let's get things started. Horse Lips are a legendary band who are regarded as the founding fathers of Celtic rock. They have inspired countless local and international acts. During the course of a dramatic 1970s career, Horse Lips transformed themselves from being a glam-style psychedelic folk group into working the American guitar rock arena circuit with considerable aplomb. Eamon Carr is the drummer of the band and also a journalist for The Independent and he joins me now backstage. Eamon, so great to have you on the show this evening. Now, I'm just looking back at last. Thursday. Just watching Adam Clayton of U2, you know, being given the, that task of presenting 19-year-old Brody Mons Watson, a.k.a. Soak, with the Choice Music Prize Album of the Year 2015 award, there was just this wonderful visual bridging of two different generations and different genres. You know, what do you think it is about Ireland that it continues to be this breeding ground for incredibly talented artists?
3: What I was going to say, when you were just talking about, you know, that that thing of of, of, of oh, not quite, sort of like two generations or something. Um, I mean, I remember when, in fact, you two were in a similar sort of position to Soak. They actually played down in Slane, and I think it might have been the very first Slane uh, summer concert that actually had Thin Lizzy as the headline no act. No way. And so, you know, so Philip made a sort of a conscious thing of, you know, you two were on obviously a young Irish band, and he sort of made a conscious thing of having a vibe with them and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, there was a certain certain element of maybe some sort of torch being a baton or something being passed on. I remember I mentioned that one night, (laughs) late one night to Paul McInnes, and he scoffed at the idea. But nonetheless, I mean, it's only a symbolic thing that you and I would see. Yeah, you know, as, as, as fans, you know. And yeah. uh, anyway, so it's interesting. So, I mean, you know, the, the, um, the circle is unbroken. It just keeps, you know, it just keeps going on. Good stuff keeps coming up. And um, for whatever reason, you know, I mean, Ireland just sort of has a wealth of talent. And, mm. and I mean, you know, go back to what you were saying earlier. I mean, I, I know in the, um, in the 70s when uh, I, I was touring in America with, with horse lips and um, I couldn't get over the way people treated you, you know, people sort of had a, a bit more of a, I don't know, just a regard or respect or whatever for musicians. And I'm not just talking about the, the horse, in fact, other bands, bands on the bill. And in a in a weird way, I suddenly realised that, in fact, not everybody could sing a song. Or not everybody could play guitar. But you know the way in Ireland everybody can do oh, a turn yeah. at a party, you know? Exactly, everyone's got the, the, the party the piece, the guitar, is, uh, exactly, in, something comes out. Some bloody thing. Yeah. And because we've all maybe done it from school. But in America that was very, you know, there wasn't much of that going on, you know? So I just thought that was really curious. And so in a funny sort of way, yeah, it's almost part of the... Um, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a, uh, an Irish gene or whatever it might be, but it's it's certainly part of our makeup as horsemen. We made a conscious decision, actually, to stay in Ireland and to base ourselves in Ireland and to try and attempt to, you know, create whatever it was we did out of here, and in the hope that you know that was part of what we were and so on. And um, I, I, you two, obviously, you know. Uh, with the next band I suppose in a way to actually really sort of do that thing themselves work based themselves in Ireland and whereas prior to that if you go back you know Rory Gallagher had moved out of Ireland and uh, Skid Row moved out of Ireland yeah. uh, with Hills and, and Gary and so on and then Thin Lizzy moved out of Ireland and based themselves in London um, and it's just that there wasn't a you know there wasn't a sort of a business infrastructure per se and so at that point, you know, instead of uh, taking horses over to London and, and and staying in you know whatever a bed set and or you know whatever a guest house or something and, mm. and going into a studio somewhere on some high street somewhere, we decided bring the studio to Ireland. So we contacted the Rolling Stones and said, you know, can we can we borrow your mobile studio?
4: <laughs> I had oh, seen you know, the big
3: crook that they had down in yeah. The France.
2: Yeah, I read that in the Rolling Stones Mobile Studio. Listen, I'm gonna pause it there for the moment because I do want to play something from Horse Lips and I'll get back about the Rolling Stones Mobile Studio in a moment. But first, from Horse Lips, this is Dark Doom on Radio Nova.
4: I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go. Come <laughs> here.
2: That horse lips on the radio note with Derek Doom, and you are backstage with Eamon Carr, drummer of Horse Lips. Now, Eamon, you've got a, a, an interesting story regarding someone who you walked in on in a studio, but before we hear about that story, just to get back to, the, to using the Rolling Stones mobile studio.
3: The engineers came with it and so on, no and the way. last album they'd been working on was Exile on, on Main Street. Oh, man. Um, and yeah, really curious. I mean, you know, they were, I tell you one thing. Yeah. They were so cool, they just said. Were they? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and their office. And actually, I'll tell you who it was, really. And I should really give this guy credit because I don't think he, he's really received a lot of credit over the years. The, the the extra stone, the sixth rolling stone was Ian Stewart. I think people probably know him. He was the piano player. Oh. And to be honest, he looked like a bit of a, a docker. You know, he looked <laughs> like a big lump of a fella. And the... He didn't quite fit in, looks looks wise, with the band, so he basically was an invisible member of the Stones. He was very cool. He he went yeah yeah of course great. It was his his call so to speak. Um anyway, so what we did was we hired a house down in Tipperary, an old Georgian house, a rambling Georgian house that was sort of you know wrecked, and then ran the you know ran the wires out just out into the um into the out the door, out the window, down into the truck outside the door. What and a
2: rock and roll story, and is that? It's really so cool. cool. And yeah. then the weird
3: thing was, when we went over to mix the album, which was in, we went to London to mix it, because, you know, you, you wouldn't mix on the truck. So, because there was a better outboard gear and all that in the studio. So, the studio that the Stones used tended to be, at that stage, Olympic Studio in Barnes. So, we, you know, we set sail for Barnes. And uh, on the first evening, you know, we arrived in, I rambled out to walk around you know and have a little a mooch and because uh, there were a few other sort of there three, I think there was a big studio a smaller one and then there was a sort of a mixing studio and Anyway, this guy goes, hey, dude. And I go, turn around. And it was Bobby Keys, the sax player with the Stones, see? <laughs> yeah. and, and he said, hey, what's happening? And I said, oh, just, oh we're just mixing on that. I said, oh, by the way, we're mixing on your truck. And he went, all right, man. Oh, yeah, you're the Irish band. All right,
2: yeah. Oh, uh, about the rest of the boys? Did he, did he meet,
3: uh, you know, Mick or Keith? Or? Well, no, no, not at, not at that particular time. I don't yeah. know what Bobby was doing there. He was obviously in to play on somebody else's album. Right, okay. You know? Yeah, so, busy boy. I mean, Jimmy Page was there. And uh, Johnny Alliday happened to be there and i 'm not sure if it was that album or maybe the next album uh i I was walking down the i think it was the second album the, the tone, and uh, we were mixing it there and I walked down the uh, a corridor and I, I the big studio you know, and I sort of you know looked in a little it was a tiny little glass and i didn't see any action so what I, what did I do? I walked in yeah but the- the door that I walked in was the door into the actual um the, rec- the room itself that the gear would be in. And there was a, the drum kit was set up on a drum riser, quite a high drum riser, which mm. I'd never seen in the studio and was surrounded by about bloody 10 microphones. And there was a guy playing the drums. And then I, 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 I looked at him. He didn't even notice that I was there. <laughs> he had his headphones on. Yeah. And then I looked to the right and I could see the big glass window. And everybody is staring at them. Uh, you
2: going, who's your man who just walked and in? it was
3: the fucking eagles. <laughs> ah, you're kidding. <laughs> I, I almost ruined their... And it was actually Desperado. They were working on Desperado.
2: Ah, get out of here, uh, Ava. Uh, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I, I
3: just... Listen, I didn't hang. I just got straight back out the door and <laughs> hid... You know, <laughs> yeah. um, make sure you don't get I didn't kicked want out of the Coming to kick my ass.
2: <laughs> that is so funny. Well, listen, Eamon Carr, I'll leave it there for now. Right, I will okay. speak to you again. Thank All you right, so I... much for joining me today. Take a handy. Oh, Aimon Carr from the Horse Lips. I would do anything to go and see Horse Lips live. Now, also discussing the wonder and joy of Irish music on backstage this evening are Morty McCarthy, drummer with Sultans of Ping, and music photographer Ruth mejbert Up next, Connor Irwin of Radio Nova will have the latest in music news this week. It's regarding ACDC, the 1975 and George Martin, who he sadly said goodbye to this week. So here now is a stunning track from the Beatles in which the producer worked his magic. Eleanor Rigby on Radio Nova. Ah, look at
5: all the lovely people Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in the church where a wedding has been In a dream Waits at the window Wearing the face that she keeps In a jar by the door Who is it for? All the lonely people Where do they all come from? All the lonely people Where do they all belong? Father Mackenzie Writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one comes near, look at him working. Donning his socks in the night when there's nobody there.
2: Connor Ehren of Radio Nova has this week's roundup of news stories. So, Connor, we just heard Eleanor Rigby from the Beatles, which featured the genius producing skills of Mr. George Martin. So sad to learn of his passing the
1: other day. Yeah, we started off the week with the very sad news that Sir George Martin died at the age of 90. He, of course, the legendary producer of much of the Beatles' music, uh, so many of their hits, and uh, producing from Abbey Road Studios, he was an absolute legend. Paul McCartney saying he was like a father to him, and if anyone was deserving of the title of the fifth Beatle, it was him. Ringo actually breaking the news on Twitter of Sir George Martin's death, uh, reaching out to his family and giving his condolences, uh, and saying, you know, the usual peace and love from Ringo. But uh, it, a very sad day and very sad news that uh, one of the absolute legends of music, everyone knew him as the Fifth Beatle, Sir George Martin, died at the age of ninety. R.I.P. George
2: Martin. And there's quite bad news for ac frontman this week.
1: Brian Johnson has been told you got to quit touring or you're going to go completely deaf. And AC/DC uh, they postponed all of the remainder of their tour. So ten dates postponed of the Rock or Bust tour. But they did say that they're going to play them at some stage later in the year. But but with more than likely a guest singer um, Dave Evans who was the original ACDC singer um, he not expecting a call or anything like that but he did kind of say it will be cool to do Um, a couple of gigs as a guest with the lads but the sad news is that Brian Johnson won't be doing it unless he wants to risk going completely deaf Um, Evans he has kind of stopped short of throwing his hat into the ring he said he'd jump at the chance though we'll watch this space and see who the uh, guest singer is going to be
2: tough shoes to fill heartbroken for Brian Johnson and now on to news regarding a rather long album title from the 1975 tell us more
1: they've broken a very unusual record in the States it's the longest ever album title to reach number one in the US the band it's their second album and it's called I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it Catchy number. It's not a bad album, by the way, but it's number one in the States and the longest ever album title to reach number one.
2: Didn't take them long to get to number one. Number one in the UK, too, as well. Well, Connor Irwin of Radio Nova, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on all the latest in music news.
1: Cheers, Sinead. Chat to you next week.
2: And now, Greg Gockran, it's over to you. What new music do you have in store for us here on Nova?
1: Thanks, Sinead. New music this week. A band formed
3: in Illinois back in 1973. They've been touring, quietly, well, not really quietly, special guests with the likes of Boston in 2014. They were out last year with Peter Frampton, Rick Nielsen and co. Cheat trick. January this year, they announced their first album in five years. Bang, Zoom, Crazy, Hello. And this is the first single. It's When I Wake Up Tomorrow. Wake up tomorrow. Keeping it short and sweet this week. You'll hear this song a lot in the coming weeks on NOVA. Cheap trick when I wake up tomorrow. That's our new music for this week.
2: Greg Gochran of Radio Nova, thank you very much. Okay, here is one which I am thrilled to play for you this evening. It's the brand new one from the legendary Mercury Music Prize winning, enemy Award winning, Grammy Award nominated artist PJ Harvey. She is my rock and roll queen. She has just released her second single from her forthcoming album, The Hope Six Demolition Project, which is due out on April 15th. Cannot wait for it. She worked on this album over a four year period, drawing, um from her time in Kosovo, Afghanistan and Washington, D.C. And talking about the whole creative process, Peter Harvey has been quoted as saying, when I'm writing a song, I visualise the entire scene. I can see the colours, I can tell the time of day, I can sense the mood, I can see the light changing, the shadows moving, everything in that picture. Gathering information from secondary sources felt too far removed from what I was trying to write about. I wanted to smell the air, feel the soil and meet the people of the countries I was fascinated with. So here's the result of such experiential fascination from PJ Harvey. This is a beautiful track. The Community of Hope on Nova. great as that. That's the new single from PJ Harvey on Nova. It's called The Community of Hope. It was released just yesterday. Yet to come on backstage, you'll be hearing from music photographer Ruth Medjberg. She'll be shining a light on the incredible Irish women in music. I've also got a live one from you too. Conor McCaffrey of The Star will be dropping by to recommend the gigs coming up this week. Joining me next on backstage is Morty McCarthy of the Sultans of Ping. They started out in early 1989, quickly built up a rabid following based on their phenomenal live shows they got signed early on their debut lp casual sex in a cineplex released in 1993 crashed into the top 30 album charts in the uk they are a 90s cult irish indie band and just to remind you of how glorious they were is the anthem that everyone knows and loves it's where's me jumper from sultan's of ping up next on radio nova
0: backstage
2: on radio nova